Well, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6 tonight. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. I just have felt like for a couple of weeks that it would be good to have a kind of a little refresher time. I mean, this is not anything... Well, I'm, I hope I say some things maybe you haven't heard just this way before. But just to have a little refresher time in the Word of God concerning the armor of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to always have an armor on, and we need to uh, uh, just be secure in that. Amen. And so beginning in verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. You know, putting on the armor is the key to being strong. Amen. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints amen hallelujah now from the amplified bible let's read it hallelujah because there's just some good things you know the amplified kind of expands the words and um and clarifies doesn't it uh verse uh, 10 in the Y'all can just listen now while I'm reading from the Amplified, unless you have the Amplified. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. He empowered, be empowered through your union with Him. I like that. Be empowered through your union with Him. Uh, draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. We need to make sure we're drawing our strength from Him. Amen. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents but against the depotisms against the powers against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place stand therefore hold your ground having tightened the belt of truth around your loins and having put on the breastplate of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God and having shod your feet in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability, the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace, lift up over all the covering shield of saving faith upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Now from the Message Bible. Hallelujah. We'll just read all these versions tonight. Then we'll just go home, okay? <laughs> no, no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can't go anywhere. We're having youth and children. They have to finish that little craft before we can leave, don't they? Hallelujah. Tell them to work fast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not in a hurry. I was just playing with y'all. Uh, <clears throat> 
And he says, and that wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. I like that. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, the armor of God. Praise God. Well, let's just look at it for a few minutes. Uh, one of the things I noticed about the armor of God, or I've thought about and realized about the armor of God, that we've got to put it on, but we've also got to keep it on. You know, you could have put it on 40 years ago, but that doesn't mean everything's still on real good, does it? So we've got to put it on, uh, the armor, and we've got to keep it on. And so it takes some refresher. That's why we need to have this refresher course tonight because we got to put it on and we got to keep it on. Um, another thing I noticed here in the Amplified Bible, let me see if I can get back over there in the Amplified. Uh, I noticed here in the Amplified Bible, he talks about... Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, right here in verse 11, he said, Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies. God supplies the armor. We don't have to come up with our own strength or our own set of tools. God supplies the armor. Amen? And he said there, he said, Put on the armor, whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up. I like that word, successfully. You know, if we have on the armor of God, we're going to be successful. The devil may come, he may send an attack, but we'll be successful. We will win. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, God supplies the armor, and he gives us what it takes to be successful. And then he talks about there, the, the devil has strategies and the devil has deceits. The only way the devil can get to you is to deceive you. The only way the devil can get to you is to talk you into taking something that don't belong to you. The only way he can get to you is to talk you out of being something that God made you already. If he can talk you out of being righteous, if he can talk you out of being saved, or even maybe cause you to not fully understand the new birth, if he can talk you out of faith, and if he can get you, like Pastor said this morning, to say something that you don't need to be saying. Amen? That's the only way he can get to you. We are completely, completely protected. We're not, there's not supposed to be, let me tell, say this, there's not supposed to be any fallout. There's not supposed to be any uh, tragedies. There's not supposed to be any, you know, well, you win some and you lose some. Now, I know that in reality, we have won some and we have lost some, but it's not supposed to be that way. 
There's not supposed to be any Christians that get defeated. Hallelujah. I heard a preacher say one time, well, this is a war. And in a war, there's going to be some casualties. And he was saying that because somebody in the body of Christ had died. Somebody that we didn't think should have died, died. And he said, well, this is a war. There's going to be some casualties. Well, the truth is, it is a war. And the truth is, there are some casualties. But the truth is, there's not supposed to be. Amen. He just fooled somebody. The devil fooled somebody. The devil called God. The devil, he found the weak spot somewhere. Hallelujah. So we need to have on the armor, don't we? And so it take it and, and, and we need to spend some time on that. I noticed something about the armor that you might not have noticed before, but three parts of the armor are God's word. Three parts of the armor are God's word. If you look at it and you'll see, he says, have your uh, have put on, have your loins girt about with truth. Well, the Bible is truth, isn't it? Have your loins girt about with truth. And so we know that's God's word. Then he says to have um, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And the word, the word is the gospel of peace. Amen. And then he says to take the sword of the Spirit, and he says, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. So three parts of the armor are God's Word. God supplies it, doesn't he? We don't have to work that up. He gave it to us. Then three parts of the armor are the redemptive work of Christ. Three parts are in the redemptive work of Christ. He said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift that you received when you got saved. It was a free gift. You didn't earn it. You don't earn righteousness. You don't earn righteousness. You can't live holy enough. to. It's been imputed unto you. It was a free gift. The moment you were born again in the twinkling of an eye, you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's important that you know that. Because one of the things the devil tries to do to the body of Christ is talk us out of being righteous. And he does it by condemning us. I mean, we have a wrong thought and he brings, oh, condemnation. Well, if you was even saved, you couldn't even thought that thought. You know? And so he condemns us, and he, he, he works on us in the emotional realm. Have you ever known that you sinned and you displeased the Father? And none of us like to displease the Father. But you just, I mean, you just had a yucky feeling, and it just you couldn't shake it. And you repented, and you told the Lord you're sorry, and you cried out to God, and just, oh, and man, you may have even shed some tears, but you just couldn't get of that thread of that yucky feeling. I'm telling you, that yucky feeling comes from the devil. It don't come from God. And he's trying to shake your righteousness because he knows if he can make you feel unrighteous and doubt your righteousness, you won't be bold. You won't be strong. He can come at you then. He can slap you with some sort of symptom or some sort of symptom of poverty or a symptom of sickness, and you'll say, and you'll lay down on it. You'll lay down on it. You'll take it. You, you may even come up and get prayer, but you won't take the stand that you would have took. 
Because see, when we know we're righteous, we're bold. We know we're triumphant over Him. We know He's under our feet. We know, listen, He's nothing compared to us. He is a dirt bag. He is nothing compared to us. We are God men. We are created in the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. And He's nothing. And He hates that. And He tries to pull on us and pull us down and make us feel less than who we are in Christ. See, you've got to watch that emotion realm, that feeling realm. Amen. See, so you've got to, you don't, when you're going by your righteousness, by the feeling realm, you don't have on your breastplate of righteousness good. See, you've got to get so secure in your righteousness that you know you're righteous no matter how you feel. Because those feelings, those feelings will come to all of us Christians and those feelings go. Some days I feel pretty strong and righteous and some days I feel like a wimp spiritually. I feel like I don't have any faith. But what does that have to do with it? Right? Right? Because my feelings don't, don't count. My feelings don't count. The Bible says I'm righteous, therefore I'm righteous. Whether anybody likes it or not, there's even people that'll try to tell you what a scumbag you are. Won't they? You know, even sometimes, you know, you're driving down the freeway and you maybe don't, maybe you're singing in the Holy Ghost and you're not paying real good attention. And boy, I tell you, somebody will get mad at you the way you're driving and they try to affront your righteousness. They try to tell you and they have all sorts of ways of telling you, you are not a good person. But I am the righteousness of God. I don't care if you like how I drive. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And even, you know what, and this is the hard part, even when we make a mistake and we know we made a mistake, and we know that even though that we didn't act like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because sometimes, even though I am righteous, I don't act like the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the devil knows where our buttons are. He tries to push our buttons. He knows I have a button in the grocery store. and it, I mean, he knows I've got a button. So I try to stay away. I don't go every two or three weeks. I go when Eric comes over and, to mow and he says, there was nothing to eat in this house. You know? you know, because he knows where our buttons are. And see, he wants to get us over there. He, one of the reasons he tries to get us to act unrighteous is then he can try to tell us we aren't righteous. But even when I don't act righteous, guess what? I'm righteous. I'm still righteous because it was a free gift. It's been imputed to me. Hallelujah. It's kind of like, like who you are. You know, he's a Durham. His parents may change their minds, say we don't, but he still is. He, I don't care how much they get mad at him. I don't care what they think about what, but he's still got their DNA. And they can't get it out of you. There's no way they can get it out of you. And that's the way righteousness is. The devil can't get it out of us. So he tries to trick our minds. He tries to come at us from our, at our mind. He tries to come at us from the feeling realm because he wants to rattle us where our armor's concerned. He wants us to not know we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because we're dangerous when we know it. 
Amen. And then there's another part of the armor that's in the redemptive work of Christ, and that's the shield of faith. See, for a long time, we thought you had to try to get faith. You know, but, but then we got more revelation. And we found out that when we were born again, that not only was the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, but the faith of God was put in our heart too. You know, a long time ago, and Lawrence will remember this, we used to teach and heard taught on the fruit of the Spirit. And we'd sing, and I can only say the fruit of the Spirit by singing to you. So, And we'd say, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. That's a song. And so I've got it memorized because I know the song. Hallelujah. And so uh, we, we realized that love, because the Bible says love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, we knew that we had love inside of us. Amen. But even though, you know what? I may act awful. I may get so mad. I might holler at pastor. I might holler at my kids. I might kick the dog. I have done that before. I'll admit, I have done all of those before. But you know what? Still, the love of God's still in me. Just not acting on it at that moment. Amen. And same with all those other fruit. But anyway, a long time ago when we would hear that talk, we'd get to faith. We didn't know what to do with it. And so we'd say, well, it don't mean faith, it means faithfulness. I bet you've heard it taught that way. I mean, everybody I know was teaching it that way. Because, see, we thought faith only came by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But then we found out, no, we had it wrong. The Scriptures began to come to life. We found out faith was put in our heart when we got born again, the God kind of faith. Mark 11 says, have the God kind of faith. And we've got it. Now, they, he was telling the disciples there they weren't born again. They didn't have the God kind of faith because they weren't born again yet. But when we got born again, we got the God kind of faith. So this was done in the redemption, the shield of faith. We've got it. Now, faith is activated by the Word. Who is it hot in here? <laughs> Man, I'm just, hallelujah, let's do something about that. We paid the electric bill this month. So... <clears throat> It was, it, was, it was fun, but we paid him. Amen. Uh, anyway, um, so the shield of faith. We got faith in us. All we've got to do is use it. All we've got to do is use it. Hallelujah. We were given this. See, we don't have nothing. What I'm trying to tell you is there's not any part of the armor that we have to earn. That we have to work at. Okay, now I'm going to really work and I'm going to get some faith. We don't have to, no, we don't have to work any of it up. We were given all of it. All of it God supplied. He supplied us the word of God, three parts of the armor. He supplied us the righteousness. He supplied us the shield of faith. He gave us his faith. Amen. He gave us his faith. And guess what? The helmet of salvation, right there in the redemptive work of Christ. The redemptive work of Christ. we got to have the helmet of our salvation down tightly. Amen. We can't be going around. Now, I know you wouldn't because you probably, I don't think you would, but if you, you might. But you know, there's Christians that doubt their salvation. They're not, you know what? We're not supposed to be there. We're not supposed to be there. Hallelujah. We're supposed to know we're saved. But not only are we supposed to know we're saved, we're supposed to know what happened in the new birth. Amen? 
We're supposed to have an understanding of what happened in the new birth. And I'm telling you, when you know what happened in the new birth, you don't go around wondering, well, I, I might have lost my salvation because, you know, I sinned. Because, you know, that's taught all over town. You sinned this week, you can come back up, you need to come up down here and get saved. All over town. People teach that. You sinned this week, you need to come up here and get saved. No, you don't need to get saved. You need to repent and get cleansed. 1 John 1, 9 is given to the believer. That's what you use when you mess up. You miss the mark. You sin after you're born again. You repent. My grandmother calls it God's bar soap. You just get God's bar of soap out and you just get a good going over, don't you? Might have to wash your mouth out with it. <laughs> right? Hallelujah. Because you know a lot of the times what we sin with is our mouth after we're born again, isn't it? You know, like Pastor said, they're not talking me into going and having a little drink. They're not talking me into having a little smoke. I cast a... I cast a a spirit of nicotine off of a woman in the restaurant today just because I didn't want to smell her smoke. I mean, I don't know <laughs> why well, I did. I was like casting it out of her. In Jesus' name, you don't even want a cigarette anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, you know, that's not, what's, that's not what's messing me up. Adultery's not tempting me. Man, I got the hottest guy in town. Why would I want? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I had to work hard to get him. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And I caught him. Hallelujah. But anyway, no, that's, you know what's getting, when I ever get in trouble, you know what gets me in trouble? It's right here. I mean, that's what gets me in trouble. Isn't that what you, gets you in trouble? Hallelujah. Most of the time, that's what gets us in trouble. Right there, when we, after we get born again. So we got to have God's bar soap, don't we? Amen. So God provided all of it for us. He provided every piece of it. Now, I'm going to read to you from uh, Brother Hagin's book, A Triumphant Church. I don't know how many of you have read that. I highly recommend it. A Triumphant Church. But listen to this. Once you have the armor on, you are ready to take your position of battle against the devil. However, because of Jesus' victory over Satan and the believer's position in that triumph, the Bible only gives us one position of warfare against the devil. And that's found in Ephesians 6.13. Ephesians 6.13 says, Having done all, having done all, let me read it to you. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Amen. I'm going to read that again to you. Once you have the armor on, you are ready to take your position of battle against the devil. However, because of Jesus' victory over Satan and the believer's position in that triumph, the Bible only gives us one position of warfare against the devil, having done all to stand. Now, I want you to notice there that from Ephesians 6.10 to Ephesians 6.14 that the word stand is used four times. Four times Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, I should say, the Holy Spirit teaches us to stand. Four times. And one time he says withstand. Four times it says to stand. You want to circle them there? It's in, uh, uh, I circled mine. It is in verse 11, in verse 13, in verse 14. And, ooh, I didn't circle the next one. Somebody find it for me. 
Da, 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 da. Okay, stand. Huh? Maybe that's it. Maybe it was withstand. I thought I circled it four times. Maybe that was in the Amplified. Anyway, but I noticed this, that all, in all of Ephesians 6, 10 through 14, not one time is the word attack ever used. Not one time are we told to attack the devil. What are we told to do? We're told to stand. Now the Holy Spirit is telling the believer that his position in the good fight of faith against the enemy is a stand of faith. A stand of resting on the promises. Pastor's talking about resting this, out of Psalm 23, wasn't he? About lying down in green pastures. You know, resting, resting on the fact that the Lord is our shepherd. Or in this case, resting on the promise of God. Resting on the word of God. Now, that, now we're not talking about not going to work. You know, pastor wasn't saying, now you're the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not want. You just go lie down now. <laughs> no, no, he's talking about resting on the word, resting on the promise. In other words, not being agitated, not being all worried, not being all keyed up, not attacking the devil, not trying to fight. You know, when you start fighting the devil and you start attacking the devil, you're going to start slapping at stuff you don't know whether it's really there or not. I just bind this and I just cast that out and like, but I was playing this afternoon with that woman with the nicotine, you know, just to clarify that. But you'll start slapping at imaginary things. I think she did have a devil because she. Uh, well, the reason I do is because she was really bound by it because she came to the bar and sat down at the bar to smoke her cigarette. And then they moved her to a table, but while everybody else is still eating, she had to come back to the bar because they set them in non-smoking, and she had to come back and have another one. So she really was addicted to that nasty thing. So she needed it cast out. But anyway, you're going to start slapping at your... You'll be walking through your house attacking things that you don't know is there. Amen? And you're going to like, well, I wonder if I have a spirit of this. I wonder if that's in my house. I wonder if it is. God never wanted us to have to slap at imaginary devils and, and hit at devils that we're not sure are there and just cast things out just in case it's there. And, and you, know, you know, He never intended us. We're supposed to walk by revelation. We're supposed to walk by light, aren't we? And so he said there, he teaches us to stand. Stand against the devil with the word of God. Stand and withstand him. Stand with the armor on. Now the evil day there is the day of, in the Amplified explains it, is the day of testing, trial, and temptation. You know, every one of us is going to have the day of testing, the day of trial, the day of temptation. Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. Tests and trials and temptations are going to come to all of us. Uh, let me look at that scripture just a second. Um, I'm going to have to find it. I didn't write it down, but I just thought of something else I wanted to clarify to you there and say to you. Um, just a second, just a second. I'm getting it. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe I will stand up against the ministration of the seas. Um. Okay. Therefore, put on God's complete armor. This is where I'm looking at, 13. And that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. 
that you may be able to resist. Now remember how Peter tells us, he says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Y'all remember that? In verse he says, uh, humble yourself under the... Uh, mighty hand of God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And those two go together. You can't resist the devil unless you're humbled under the mighty hand of God. In other words, submitted to God. It's not going to do any good to resist the devil unless you are. And so we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And we do that by when we, when we submit to his word, we're, that's humbling yourself. It's not saying, I'm so pitiful, I'm such a worm. You know, I was taught that in the Baptist Sunday school class. I remember when they said, we came to a place of scripture one Sunday, and it said something about humbling, being humble. And they said, well, being humble is telling God you're not worthy. Well, being humble is not telling God you're not worthy. First of all, you are worthy. Well, you are worthy. You've been made worthy by precious blood. That blood was precious and it made you worthy. So that's not how you be humble. But you be humble is submit yourself to God's word. When you, when you submit to the word and you obey the word, you are automatically humble. You've acknowledged he's greater, he's better, he's smarter. Amen. And so that's how we humble ourselves. And so he said to humble yourselves, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now we've talked in the Amplified Bible talks about in that, that verse in Peter, it says that to resist him from the onset. In other words, you know, and a lot of Christians wait too late to start resisting the devil. They wait till they get a diagnosis that they've got cancer and it's in every lymph node. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that's way too late for how God intended it to be. Amen. And so when the the one of the things that we've taught y'all is the minute you the second you sense a symptom. I mean you just kind of thought you had a little scratch in your throat. You thought maybe your throat was a little scratchy. Immediately you resist the devil. You don't wait till you've got strep throat and say, "You know, I think we ought to pray here." Amen. Because the sooner you resist, the quicker, the easier it is to uproot that thing. It's easier when you go out in the flower bed to pull a little weed this big. I got some weeds in my flower bed that I can't get them out. Pastor has to get them out. They are they got a trunk on them that big, and I could not pull it out. But I can pull those that are about that big. Amen. And so that's the same principle with the things the enemy tries to bring in our life. The sooner we resist, the better. But I tell you, found out, I've just been meditating on this. The Holy Ghost said, you know, there's something even higher than that. Then resisting immediately. You know, there, and, and, and we're not going to fight. We don't fight devils we don't have, you know. But when you get up in the morning and you take the Word of God and you make confessions... You know what you're doing? You're putting up a resistance against the devil. It's like taking a Holy Ghost vitamin. It's like taking vitamin supplements. And, and you know, I, that, that's good, but even better than to take vitamin supplements is to take a, is to take a Holy Ghost supplement. And you begin to put a barrier around yourself with the Word of God. And you put a barrier around yourself with the blood of Jesus. And you put a barrier around yourself and around your family with the uh, name of Jesus. Amen? That's resisting the devil, the devil on a higher level. Amen? And you can tell when your armor's not real secure. I'll tell you how to tell. You want me to tell you how to tell? If 
you're bending over the commode all night. Something wasn't on there good. We let our guard down. We let something get through. Something got through that shouldn't have got through. We might as well admit it, it's so. Isn't that true? But we're home four days from work with the flu. So we let we 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 didn't put we 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 didn't put something up. No condemnation. No condemnation. But now we got a, we got double work to do. Because we gotta drive it out with the word of God. That's how you get rid of it. You drive it out with the word of God. You know, you know this is not the medicine that gets rid of it. And you may take some medicine just so your head will quit hurting long enough for you to speak the Word of God. I mean, we're not preaching against medicine. In, but, but, but that's not going to cure you. That's not going to heal you. And it's certainly not going to protect you. The only thing that will protect you... And you know, sometimes we get busy. Anybody ever get busy and, 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 and just kind of start neglecting the shield of faith? Did just just wasn't activating your faith that you have. Just wasn't taking the time in the morning to to read your scripture confessions. We got uh, a you don't there's you in the little tape room where you buy the tapes. We've got a list of healing scriptures that you can speak out every morning. I tell you something even better than that. We give you the list, but better than that, mark them in your Bible and flip to every one of them. Amen. And flip to every one of them every morning and every night. How long? Until you know them and you've got a foundation built in you. And then do it however often it takes to maintain faith. Amen. You've got to take the time. You've got to, nobody can build a foundation in your life concerning healing but you. But we ought to, man, I tell you, I, I took the time. I can tell you wherever, nearly every healing scripture is in the Bible. There might be some hid that I just hadn't found yet. But I can tell you right where they're at. Hallelujah. And, and because I read them so many times, I can quote most of them. Just from, but I tell you something. Now, even when you can quote them, there's something more powerful about reading them. I, somebody tell me why. I don't know why, but there's something more powerful about reading them than quoting them. But we ought to read them so much that we can't help but memorize them. I never set out to memorize healing scriptures. I just read them so much. Hallelujah. My motive wasn't all that I wanted to be. A, I didn't, I'm going to be a spiritual giant. No, I was trying to get well. <laughs> I was reading them because I was trying to get well. Hallelujah. I was driving out symptoms. Amen. Glory to God. So uh, th there's a better way than just resisting the devil when the symptom comes. Now, that's the second best way. The third best way is to just get flat old sick and call and say, Pastor, come pray for me. I'm about to die. That's third best. Don't die. Call, the, call somebody. Don't miss four weeks of work. Call somebody. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, the, that day's coming for everybody. Now, you got to decide, what are you going to do when Satan comes against you? You going to get all the saints to pray? Well, I want to tell you something. You can do that, and we just talked about that, calling somebody, but it'll only help you temporarily. You need to get to the place where when you have something come against you, you don't have to call nobody. 
Just make that your goal, that when you, you're going to get to the place. Now, there's no condemnation for calling, you know. There's no condemnation. I was calling, I was hollering at Pastor last week. I was like, you know, get in here, help me. He said, you're on your own. That's what he told me. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> like, gee, thanks. And I'm, uh, but we had, you know, just honest. We just didn't, our armor wasn't. There was a hole somewhere. Hallelujah. Well, there's not now. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so, we got to get to that place where we don't need anybody. We know how to get healing. We know how to get faith activated. We know how to get there on our own. It's our goal. That's what we've made our goal. You know, like the uh, it, the the man in G, that came to Jesus and said, "My servant lieth at home sick of the palsy." And uh, Jesus says, "Well, I'll come and I'll lay hands on him." He said, "Oh no, don't bother Jesus. I just speak the word only." You know, that's the highest place. That's the highest place, which is just like, "Give me the word." Give me the word. That's all I need. I don't need to call anybody. Don't need to call pastor. Don't need to. No, don't. You know, now, now you need to if you're not getting the victory over it. I, I've seen more church members where you preach this, and this is kind of dangerous to preach in some ways because then they go, well, I'm not supposed to call anybody, but they're not having the victory. No, if you don't get the victory quick, you, you, then you, then you say, you got to say, well, I, I'm not quite there yet. I better call. I need somebody to mix their faith with mine. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? You know, pride is not going to work here. There's a difference in pride and, there's a, then, and in knowing I got it. I got it. I know I got it and I got it. Um, <clears throat> no believer can stand just because the saints pray for him. Every believer has got to sometime get strong on their own. Amen? Each one has to stand their ground themselves. And if you don't do it, it won't be done. Now, what does standing against the devil mean? Standing against the devil means that you enforce his defeat with the Word of God. We do not have to defeat the devil. Jesus already did. But he forgets sometimes that he was defeated. He forgets that he, even though you may have let the shield of faith down, he still doesn't have a right to touch you. Even though you may have sinned, Moa, you may have let your mouth rip. And I, I, <laughs> you know what? He still doesn't have a right to touch you. But he's an opportunist and a rebel. And where, where the word's not being enforced, he comes in. And he delights in taking uh, Christians that just don't know enough yet and trying to make them sick. And then, you know, the whole church prays and prays and prays, but they don't know enough about healing. And they don't know enough, and, and, and so they die. And so everybody wonders, well, it must have just been God's will, you know, this time. Oh, he lo the devil loves to do that. Hallelujah. 
We hate it. We hate it. We hate it. Uh, so we enforce his defeat with the word of God. We do not go looking for the devil. We do not go looking for the devil. But if he shows up, we deal with him. Ephesians 6 never tells us to fight against the devil. It says, put the armor on to stand. Turn to 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Turn to 1 Corinthians 16, 13. We're just getting refreshed tonight about the armor. You know, the Holy Ghost sometimes will try to warn us. And we aren't. Sometimes we're not good at paying real close attention. You know, the Holy Ghost will try to say, you know, spend a little extra time in the Word. Get back on your Scripture confessions. You'll, you'll, and he may not, actually, you may not hear his voice, but you'll just have this thought, I ought to get back on my Scripture confessions. I, invariably, when I've felt that or heard that, I mean, I ought to get back on my Scripture confessions. I've just been missing the last few days. I need to, I need to get back on that. I, I need to double up in the Word. I just, you know, I've been invariably... See, the Holy Ghost is so good. God's a good God. And He's trying to help us. You know, a lot of times He, he tries to tell people, come to Word of Life Church. Before. He tries to tell them beforehand. I know He told me, you know, I had walked in pretty much divine health. I actually was walking in divine youth. I was just young. <laughs> I was, you know, you, you, the older you get, the more you'll have to contend for your health. The older you get, the more you'll have to contend to just not have what's natural to aging. You'll have to take a stand against the aches and the pains and the, and the this doesn't move anymore, you know. And you'll just have to, that, those, things are, those things are natural to this world system. But we can walk above them if we'll take a stand and, we'll, and if we'll enforce victory. And you don't have to, unless you just have a, a, a disease or something, you know a little 12-year-old child's not having to enforce that his knees don't hurt all the time and his, you know, his, uh, he don't wake up in the morning stiff. And he's not, you, if he, you don't, I don't know what I'm saying. And those things never occurred to me as I was younger. And so uh, pretty much until I was 43 years old, I never had anything. But, a, but a, you know, maybe a cold every once in a while and was learning to get victory over those. And uh, <coughs> so I thought I had divine health and I was just having divine youth. Because I know I don't have, didn't have divine health because I didn't have any sort of foundation in the Word of God since concerning healing. And I was the pastor's wife. And I didn't have any, I didn't, didn't like, and didn't want him to preach on faith. Boy, that was something, wasn't it? A faith preacher and the pastor's wife don't want him to preach on faith. How? I was a mess. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm glad I changed. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, just the Holy Ghost. He's so good. God's so good. And God just, by desire, put it in my heart. He just put it in my heart. I didn't know not one healing tape. Not one set of... I, now, Pastor and I have always bought lots of tapes. But I had not bought one set on healing. Just wasn't interested. Wasn't interested in that. Man, I was walking in divine health. Why would I want a healing tape? You know? So didn't have a good foundation in that. But just by, you know, all of a sudden, just felt like I ought to study healing. God put that in my heart. And, and just felt an impression. Won't you just buy every set of healing tapes Kenneth Hagin has? And so I, I bought every set of tapes that Kenneth Hagin had and every other faith teacher that I knew I trusted and, uh, and uh, found out some of them had to throw away, even faith teachers. 
There's some good teachers out there that teach some things good, like finances, couldn't teach their way out of a paper sack where healing's concerned. Oh, that has made it quiet in the Presbyterian church. But you got to, you know, once you get a foundation. Well, see, I, once I got the foundation laid, I could tell when they weren't preaching right. Like one preacher said, I threw this set of tapes away. You can imagine why. He said, if you're fat, God won't heal you. So I threw that set away. <laughs> well, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. It's not true. Now, I'm not saying that weight doesn't affect your health, but it's not affecting what God does with you. Amen. He said, no, if you're, if you're overweight, God won't heal you because you'll just get sick again. Well, and I said, and that was a faith teacher. You're the one that me and you all like. Not Brother Hagen, though. It wasn't him. Um, and I'm not saying, hey, man, let's all lose weight. I think that's a good idea, you know, and everything. And, uh, <clears throat> but it doesn't have anything. You don't have to earn. You don't have to earn the benefits of God. I don't earn my salvation. I don't earn my healing. Amen. By losing weight. And besides, I wanted to know who held the scales. And I wanted to know, okay, do those people that are just 10 pounds overweight, they ain't going to get it either? <laughs> and who says what's overweight? Who says what? Who's the judge? You mean those doctors get to decide? Those insurance, those insurance people that set those little things? I never. If I weighed what they said, then a West Texas windstorm would have blown me away. Cause see, I got fat bones. <laughs> Remember those prosperous bones we talked about one night? My bones are prosperous, you know. Hallelujah. 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 Well, so, okay, where was I? But that was, I, that was on one of them sets of tapes. I don't even know where I'm at now. Huh? I was talking about healing time. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, He guided me. He just put, see, He wants to help you. And so when you, when you hear those things and you think, I ought to really get in my healing scriptures, you just watch. Two days later, you'll be resisting the devil. And the, de and the Lord was trying to get you ahead of it. He's trying to get you out there ahead of it. Amen? It's better. We'll get to that. Are y'all at 1 Corinthians 16, 13? Okay, so you don't make your, don't make your, your healing conditional. Well, now, when I lose 30 pounds, God will heal me. No. No more than when you dye your head red, God will heal you. Your healing has already been wrought in Christ, and you'll receive it when you make the faith connection. So your job is to root out all unbelief. To so renew your mind you don't have an ounce of unbelief. Amen? I wanted to write that preacher a letter, but I thought he'll just think that's some little podunk woman down in... But I just pray someday he'll, re he'll get that revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. And besides, his wife ain't all that. <laughs> She's not spelt, as we call it. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Right? No, you know, sometimes people have specialties in the body of Christ. Preachers have specialties. Did you know it? Where God's given them special revelation in certain areas. And, you know, and a lot of times they're just not worth flipping in another area. <laughs> and, you know, you just got to discern that. And that we don't throw them out because of it. But I just want to say sometimes, just preach your, where you're anointed. Don't say nothing else. You know, I mean, sometimes we want to say that. Now, pastors are generally more well-rounded. They may not have a big super revelation in any area, you know, but they'll have a pretty well-rounded revelation in order to take care of their church in every area. But they won't be the one that goes all over the nation preaching on a certain subject because that, you know, they'll just have... Do y'all catch what I'm saying? That's usually how the pastor's anointing works. Some exceptions to that, but usually that way. Okay. First uh, Corinthians, we're going to get there, 16, 13. Two, two, two. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit, you like men, be strong. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit, you like men, be strong. We're to stand, aren't we? We're to stand in faith. I liked what Pastor said this morning. You know, we speak the word, but sometimes we just don't say anything. I've been there when the attack was so great that you knew you couldn't speak faith, so you just had to shut up. I've been there when I'd go to my husband and I'd say, and I'd say, you know, I'm trying to tell him something without saying something. <laughs> you know, I'm going, uh, well, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, you, uh, pray, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'll I tell and he, and he well, well, what you want to pray about? Well, uh, uh, we'll just pray, you know, because I don't want to say it. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just better not to say anything. Second Corinthians one twenty four. Just turn over a little one page. <clears throat> not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith. Ye stand. See, we're called to stand. We're called to stand. We're called to stand. Now, there's some, when you're in the fight, when you're in the fight, when you're in the faith fight, and you're standing, the faith fight is standing. And it's either for symptoms, or it's for the doctor's diagnosis, or maybe it's the faith fight that the finances are, they're your finances and your bills are screaming at you. You know? And you know you got to stand. You know the only way out is to hold your mouth and speak only right things. There's, you know you need to pray for yourself, the Ephesians prayers. The, oh, Father, thank you. Strengthen me with might by your spirit in the inner man. You know you can pray that for yourself. Strengthen me with might. And, and then even remember when uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, I have prayed that your faith would not fail. Remember that? I got before God and I said, Lord, I'm praying and I'm asking you that my faith would not fail. Help me, Lord, here. Help me, Jesus. You know, he wants to help us. And I said, you, you prayed for Peter, Jesus, that his faith would not fail. Now, I'm praying for Debbie that you would not be the respecter of persons and that her faith would not fail. Well, my faith didn't fail me. 
my faith didn't fail me. And you know, getting healed is not always a big spectacular thing. No more than finances is a, is a big spectacular thing. One day I was just driving to music practice when I was leading music and we were on Hargrove Road. And the Holy Spirit said to me, just like those symptoms came, suddenly they'll leave just that suddenly. And you know what? I thought, oh, praise God, hallelujah. And you know, of course, you think that's going to happen the next day when you hear something like that, but it didn't. No, we walk along standing for several more months, even maybe over a year, I don't know. And then, you know, one day you just realize the symptoms are gone and I don't even know when they left. The devil just snuck out the back door because he realized he was defeated. Amen. He knew he was defeated foe. Uh, so we keep that armor on. To stand means to be stationary, to persevere. That's what it means if you look it up in the, he, the Greek dictionary. Stand, to stand fast, it says. Fast means firmly fixed, stable, unyielding. So your position is stand firmly, fixed, stable, and unyielding on the promises of God for your life. Now that, this works, it doesn't matter if it's not for healing. Maybe it's just for the promises concerning uh, you know, the promotion God told you He was going to give you. Maybe it's for the house that God promised you, but the mortgage company says, no way, Jose. Maybe it's for the car, and the banks all say no. Just stand. I've been in all of those situations. All of those situations where we just kept standing. We just kept saying, oh, no. My, you know, you may say no, but God said yes. You may say, no, I can't have a new car, but God said, yes, I could. Hallelujah. We've been in every one of those situations. Hallelujah. Just standing fast, just keeping your confession right. Just, you know, I'll tell you something else that will put you over in those times. Is just keep praising Him. Just praise Him. Just walk the floor of your house. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I just thank you that I'm healed. I just thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. I used to walk around saying, I thank God it's over. It's over. Thank God it's over. It's over. Hallelujah. Thank God it's over. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad it's over. It's over. I call it over. It's, and more I tell you, I'd walk, you know, my house has a way you can walk in a circle. You can go through the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, back through the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, you know, and you can just get in a circle and you can just walk and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to do that. And sometimes you've got to do it for a year. And then when you're not doing that, you're sitting on the front porch in the rocker. And you're saying, thank God I'm healed. Thank God, and you're just a rocking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank Jesus I'm healed. And you know you wake up in the middle of the night, like Pastor said, I thought this morning, you know not everybody wakes up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. That's another one of those little things about age. <laughs> but anyway, when you wake up in the middle of the night, what comes out of your mouth? When you wake up, you're thanking God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, by his stripes I was healed. Thank you, Jesus. Then you go back and you lay down and you sleep some more. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're just resting on the word and just thanking God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, the devil hates it. The devil hates it. You, you know, you, you see, you're taking and you're putting the pressure that's on you. You're putting the pressure over on the word. The word and the devil. The, what, you're pressuring the devil with the Word of God. You're pressuring him. Amen? Because, see, it's not God withholding from you. It's not God waiting until you lose 30 pounds. It's not God waiting until you 
don't have any sins or weaknesses. Amen. You know, when things happen to you, when the evil day of danger comes, you remember that we read that in the Bible? That's not the time to start putting on your armor. I'm not saying nobody ever wins that, with that way, but they don't win as often that way. They don't win as often that way. See, I get kind of, I get kind of upset. Not upset, but I get, oh God, when I hear about a Christian who I know has not got any light concerning the Word of God, and and you know Lawrence. And then you know you hear, oh, they got this really bad diagnosis. And you know you got to start from scratch with them. And that'd be okay if they could just, sometimes, you know, they, if they're just kind of neutral Christians. like. But you know when they've been indoctrinated with so much wrong doctrine concerning healing. Well, if it be God's will kind of doctrine. And we're just going to get as many people to pray as possible doctrine. Because if we got 23,000 people to pray, maybe God would have mercy. See, oh, I'm, I just go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. We're not where we need to be, you know. I, I, I want you to be where you need to be so that nothing ever comes on you. Amen. And if the devil even did, did just try to even kind of insinuate, you'd just slap him down so fast. Amen. That's where I want you to be. Be already dressed. Be already marked by the blood. And the devil just sees the blood on your lives. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together. You reckon they got that little craft done yet? <laughs>